Welcome back, pool fans from across the country and around the world. You're listening to American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. And it is May the 28th. 2015. Before we kick it off, I want to send out some congratulations to, uh, dang, to Jason Shaw. He goes undefeated to take the fifth annual Ginky Memorial title. And, of course, to uh, Mr. Alex Pagalion, he captured the uh, one-pocket title. I guess you would call it a title. He won the one-pocket championship down there at uh, Buffalo's Billiards. In uh, just outside of New Orleans there. So that was a great, great win for both of those guys. Congratulations to them. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit about this reality TV thing that's been popping up. You know, we've got this, a new program on the True TV Network called The Hustlers. We're going to talk about that a little bit with uh, Allison and Mark. And we're also going to be talking with the gentleman... Uh, from Kelsher Entertainment in Atlanta about a new project that they're working on called the Ultimate Pool Sharks. They're holding an audition tournament here this weekend in Atlanta. So that'll be interesting to see how that all turns out. And if you were listening last week, uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, we talked about uh, trying to find the location of a grave for uh, a guy named Lansing Perkins or Lansing Perkins an instructor from the early 1900s, and we did succeed in finding his grave. So my uh, props goes out to Chris, who helped us do that, and uh, we appreciate all the help. So stick around, and we will be right back after your one-minute pool instructor. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. And this is Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. Well, Randy, this week we're going to talk about a, a topic that we haven't talked about before. Let's, that's good. Let's, let's call it the journey versus the destination. Oh, that's super strong. So, first of all, let's talk about what are those two <laughs> things. To me, the journey is how do you start learning to become a better pool player? There's lots of ways to do it. There's the hit a million balls. There's going to a qualified instructor like us. There's plenty of books and videos out there that didn't exist 20 or 30 years ago. Oh, that's for sure. So there's a lot of uh, educational opportunity. Uh, you can take lessons from a pro, or you can take lessons from a pro instructor. Right. They're sometimes uh, not the same thing at all. But not to say there are plenty of pros out there that, that teach very well. Yes, sir. And there's uh, uh, great instructors, fortunately, all over the country. So the journey is probably the most important part of what we're talking about. I don't think, and I can only relate to myself personally, that I've never reached my destination. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not there because every time I take a new trip, I learn something new. Well, that's it. So, so the journey is more fun than actually getting to my actual, what I think is my lifelong goal as a pool player. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the thing is that if we quit learning, we quit learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open minds, always learning. Open minds will open doors all the time. Um, there's so many sayings out there, and, and, and I think you had one of them here um, last time we were talking about you just... When you quit, you're just you can't get there. When you quit learning, you quit learning. That's we we have to keep an yeah, open that's mind what it was. about everything, not just pool, but about everything. So how do you continue on the journey? People always say to me, "I'm in a little rut. How do I get out of a slump?" Well, the first thing, the way to get out of a slump is to understand why you went there. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. most most people don't have a uh, a definitive process to evaluate 
to be able to tell themselves what we call and teach as diagnostic skills. They don't have a way to figure out why they goofed up. And if they can't figure out why they goofed up, how are they going to fix it? Right. And, and another way is just forget everything you know and go learn something new. Yeah. When, when you add a new program to your pool game, it all of a sudden it makes more sense what you're doing with the other programs too. Like learn a new jump shot, learn a new kick shot. Learn uh, a new safety. Uh, learn a new safety, yeah. Or, or I, I mean... So the journey is a lot more exciting than, than the destination ever will be. Well, and, and for most of us, there is no destination. All right, for the One Minute Pool Instructor, I'm Scott Lee. And I'm Randy G. And we'll see you next week on American Billiard Radio. Okay, everybody, we're back, and uh, I'm joined by my... Uh, Two illustrious co-hosts, Allison Fisher, who is uh, out in New York City at this point. Uh, how you doing, Allison? I'm doing real good. Thanks for having me on, David. And uh, with Mark Cantrell down in the Southwest Desert. How are you doing today, Mark? Nice, lovely, and warm. Thank you, David. <laughs> nice and lovely. Yeah, we had a hot day here. T- well, I, I guess it's not hot. You know, 80 is not hot, but we're liking it, so it's not a bad thing. No, that's actually about what it is here. It's about 85. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, as Better you know, well, yeah, how's it in New York? It's, mu- it's muggy and it's hot. It's about 82, <laughs> but it feels like 86. Ah, yes, of course, of course. Hey, de- you know, it's not a foot of snow, so let's not look a gift horse in the mouth. No, you know? no, I'm, I'm very happy about it. Yeah, I'm absolutely Except delighted. I'm the subway station. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, man, except for when you're out in it. Um, Yes, so anyway, um, we're going to get right to it. We're talking about uh, reality television as it relates to pool, and uh, obviously we've got this new show uh, on the the television program. And and just, you know, for, to make the point, if, in case nobody realizes this, you know, it's been a long damn time since there's ever been any programming specifically related to pool as far as our regular show is concerned so this is kind of a good thing but uh anyway um i'd like to get some opinions from you guys about this um allison was there sort of you know uh part of the time got some of the behind the scenes look so mark i'm just gonna ask your opinion first give me your uh, your opinion of the show in like you know 500 words or less or something I'm not sure I can do it in 500 words. <laughs> I, 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 I'll tell you what I went into watching the show uh, with the mindset I had. Yeah. My mindset was, this is going to be bullshit. It's going to be terrible. And it's really not going to do us a whole lot of good. Um, and I, I, I just, I, I went into it for whatever reason just with a negative attitude. The pestilence. And I wanted yeah. to find I wanted to find fault sure. with it. Yeah. And I, and I don't know why cuz I'm not kind of like that. But I that's how I was, I'm just being honest. And I started watching out I'm going oh this I don't know. Oh, I'm seeing I'm seeing technical issues, technical mistakes, things that just I I oh, I, I didn't think were right. And I didn't know if it was going to get worse or better. Mm-hmm. And as I carried on watching it, and the second, because there's two episodes back to back, that's why we, we were shown in Phoenix anyway. Right. And then I found myself going, okay, this, this ain't that bad. Okay, I'm kind of liking this. And so I kind of got, I, I got swayed around. Expect, maybe I expected the worst. I, maybe that, that might be it. But I went into it, you know. Right. But it's like everybody says, it's not for us. 
it's not necessarily for us. Right. So it's easy for us to pick fault with it when it's maybe not as bad as, you know. Sure, sure, I sure. Say, so. There you go. That's a thousand words. Sorry. No, that's fine. And and we will get back into some more of that detail in just a minute. I just wanted to start it off with, you know, sort of a general opinion mm-hmm. about things. Allison, how did you think, what did you think about it? Well, it was interesting for me because, like you said, I was there sort of behind the scenes since living in New York and being at Amsterdam pretty regularly. We had some of the Predator Tour events that were going on while the filming was taking place. Sure. So they had they had part of the room sectioned off. So they would do filming in part of it, and then the tournament was happening in the other part. So I was definitely curious to see how things would really, uh, really play out, and of course, whatever they capture is then edited and pieced together to create the whole storyline. Right. And I think I think what what struck me is one of the interesting beneficial things is that. Uh, a lot of these players, while uh, that you maybe have read about them on the internet or seen them play matches, now you're getting to see some of their real personalities come out. Yeah, yeah. And you're you're giving them more of a uh, human uh, human element to sure, sure. what your what your knowledge is about them. Yes. And I liked I liked how they had the behind the scenes, the little interviews and talking about uh, talking about how the shots would play out. And I think it I think it does a good job of both appealing I mean for me personally, uh, it was it was entertaining and I like the production value and the, the way they uh, the way they filmed the shots and the music. I thought the music really drove some of the scenes with with the pool playing. I love that part personally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, cool. I, you know, I'll um, give you my 10 second opinion on it. And that is that uh, like Mark, I, I was, I was pessimistic at first. However, I was hopeful. Um, I, I can agree that um, it is certainly not, it not, it hasn't been presented in a way where, you know, let's say a top-notch nine-ball player or something can look at it and analyze the game. But it wasn't, I don't think it yeah. was, It was you know, it wasn't meant to be like that. Because if you get technical, if you if you make it too much about pool, then you're going to lose everybody you're else. You're going to lose people. Right, everybody else in the audience. So there's got to be that balance between the storyline and the characters. And yes, we're playing pool, and this is the premise of the game. Um, Alice, Allison, since I got you on the line, I wanted to try to, I don't know if we can dispel the rumors, but since you were there and you know, some of the people that were involved intimately, I do want to try to address a couple of the things that I saw being said about it online. And, and I'm not trying to cause an argument. It's just that this, it bugs me just as much as it does everybody else. They're saying that you know all the it's you know all scripted blah 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 and the games were fake and yada 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 and let me just throw my two cents in and then I'll let and then I'll ask you for your comments on this. I want to point sure. out first of all they had to present some sort of scenario for this all to play out. So on the one sense you know you can't just go walk into a pool hall and start filming. There has to be a premise. Right. So there, you know, that's where the list came from, and that's how this hierarchy kind of played out, because you had to create or present a situation. Beyond that, though, let me promise you this: these pool players are not actors. So if you think that they went back and studied a script or something and were told what to say, that's kind of silly, because I can promise you that that just didn't happen. Um, and the fact that they say, you know, the games were not necessarily real. I, I was talking to Mark about this earlier or yesterday. And I said, you know, these games were real. They were playing for real money. So please try to justify some of this as far as what you know anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, from what I've experienced and what I've learned from talking directly to the players involved is that all of the games, all of the matches, all the interactions are 100% real. They're not, uh, they're not set up to predict an outcome or have one person be the, the hero. Right. However, like you said, you have to have a structure and a certain scenario set in place for there to be a for there to be a story because it it can't really just be a random right uh, right random random situation. But when you're talking about the matches themselves and and the way the people are behaving in the moment, it's all uh, it's all real. It's all them being themselves playing the matches as they would right. try their best to win. Right. You know, of course, unless they're trying to make a move and, you know, if they're trying to throw the game or whatever for their own personal game, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, they're not being directed to have it come out uh, come out a certain way. Right, That's right. That's not how it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that the people involved would never want to put themselves in a situation where that would happen. They, they wouldn't. They wouldn't want to have it be phony. Well, you know, and that's something I'd actually said to Mark yesterday. Um, and he had, I'll give him a chance to respond in a second here. I, at least for myself, I felt like, you know, what what player would want to get down there and just, and and lose just for the sake of the script and, and make themselves look bad? And, you know. Yeah. I mean, there there can be a, a, a counterpoint to that. So, Mark, what was your response to that? Well, you, you can play devil's advocate with please anything do. you want. Right, please do. Pretty much. And, and my thing is, I, I, if it was real, if it's real, it's real. That's the, the way it is. I know they definitely probably had to retake and simulate certain shots that were being played uh, throughout. But some editing if issues. There's a plot yeah. To this, yeah, if there's a plot to this, that can they keep it interesting? What's better than the underdog, Jennifer Beretta, losing uh, convincingly to Mike Deshane, one of the top players in, in the country? And she goes away, and then... Now, so there, that's where the ego is. That's where you're saying, why would they go and show their ass like that and on national television? Right. Well, it's all about the show as well. It they want be. to re-up for next season, so they've got to make it as exciting as possible. And so she loses, but it's okay, Jennifer. Season, uh, so episode six... You're going to have a rocky moment. We're going to have the music with you doing, working out, practicing, and that, 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 and all that. And you're going to come back with a vengeance, and you're going to beat Mike Duchesne. You're going to beat the top dog. And so, as far as the storyline goes, that's good, right? Everybody wants the underdog to win. She just got her ass handed to her, and then she comes back. That's that's the reason I say if it's set up, that would be the reason to set it up. Right, right. But, and she just got, I mean, that's, you know, we know that would probably happen. If, if Jennifer's to play Mike straight up, she's probably going to lose. And, right. and so and that makes me believe that. That part of it, it could be real. Or is it set up for her to come back and make a, a comeback at the end? Right. We, I don't know that. Right. Well, you know. I'm sure that Allison knows the answer, though. She knows the answer uh, already. She might. She and, might. Uh, <laughs> Tell us I'm the not, secret. I don't know the secret. <laughs> you know, know them all. Come on now. I know, I know a little bit, but they're still they they've done a good job at keeping most of it under wraps. Yeah, yeah. Finnegan wouldn't tell us anything either, so you know. Allison, <laughs> <laughs> how come you weren't on it? Because you're in with that whole clique there with Emily and Jennifer and. Of those guys, I, I would have sure. thought it would have been. Did, well, did for you one audition? thing, I had a, an injury to my hand last, like this past six months. 
Mm. My left hand uh, fractured <coughs> at the end of December, and I I found out that I have a benign bone tumor. Oh so no. I'm on the I'm on the road to recovery, but I I may yet be having some reconstructive surgery done. Oh. But for the time being, for the time being, I'm able to play. So I'm uh, I'm enjoying that while I can. Mm-hmm. And it's still a little bit up in the air whether or not I'll be having surgery. So for the first uh, few months of the year, I was in a, a splint and I, I wasn't competing. Ah, okay. Oh, uh, that's no bueno. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not. No, that's, well, that's part of the factor. But you know, they, I know they they chose their personalities for a reason. <laughs> sure, sure. Excuse me. And uh, who knows? Maybe if they do a second season, maybe I'll have a shot at it. Yeah, yeah. This is true. Um, you know, Mark, I, I'm I'm digging what you were saying about uh, the the storyline. And I'm not saying that that's that it that that couldn't be the case. However, if they thought I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not saying that it is the case either, though. That uh, right, right. I'm just saying it's some, when you say the egos are not going to let you lose. Well, my ego will lose every day of the week if it uh, if, means we get an extra season and we start making more money. Right. Yeah. If you're getting mm-hmm. a paycheck, yeah, that would be a yeah. It's a good incentive. No, I understand what you're saying. I'm just going to follow you down that road for a second. You know. If that, if what if what you're saying turns out to be true, if that's really true, then I'm giving the writers way more credit because if they thought that far in advance and 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 thought you know oh we'll have Jennifer get her butt kicked at first and come back with the Rocky comeback or you know uh, or Smiley or Emily or hell any one of them, then that's good writing though you know then it, then this is certainly isn't as cheesy as it would have might have appeared. To some of these guys out there that are being pessimistic about it, that means that they were they actually thought it through. But I just don't think that's the case personally. For me, I don't think that's the case. I've had. Yeah, if I can uh, throw some throw something out, like since you were asking the opinions, um, I spoke to Johnny Archer. Uh, was it yesterday? Day before yesterday, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the show, and sure. he is the same. Uh, outlook on it as I do and probably a lot of other people was it wasn't wondering whether it was going to be any good but he said he liked it he said he liked ah. it I'll watch it again that's nice to hear and, yeah yeah so you know I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of other players out there top players who uh, you know don't, and I, he, he had a he said to me hey listen I don't blame those guys whatever's going on I don't blame them for doing it. This is good for pool. This yeah, is good. Exactly. If everybody else, if, if this becomes popular, even though he said, I'd love to be in it, but if I'm not in it, that's fine because, you know, he's a world champion Hall of Famer. If, if pool goes up, his stock goes up too. Yeah, that is true. Having their uh, having their faces seen and having uh, their names out there on a mainstream public level that has never been really seen before is is good regardless yes and of course there'll there'll be moments where they won't be looking so shiny and uh you know yeah perfect yeah but i i do think that having like i said their names and their faces and people getting getting to know them as they're not they're not just one one-sided uh one-sided people they're uh, they're dynamic and uh social and have a uh, have a lot of a lot of different aspects to to the game so i, I hope that will bring out some more awareness and yep. have to see how fun it is too because they're having fun and that's that's really the key too is that if they're having fun then whoever's watching the show is going to have fun right they can see that it's not oh, again, so again, we, uh, we, uh, I, I keep saying this, we're, we're at the disadvantage. Right. So, uh, because we know we know some things. <laughs> we have a knowledge right. of the game. Again, it's not made for us. But the fact that I'm, I'm going to watch it again, Johnny Archer's going to watch it again, Dave's going to watch it that. again. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jay Helford's going to watch it again. I'm not, saying, I'm not trying to put myself 
up there with anybody. I'm just saying, I'm an eligible cool player, and I'm going to watch it again. So if I'm willing to watch it, knowing what I know and the mistakes that are potentially in there, then the general Joe Blow are going to, they must be loving it. Well, or, or could be loving it, you know? Hopefully well, guys, so. I think I'm going to have to step out. Okay. Well, thanks for your time, Allison. Appreciate it. Yeah, I thank you for having us and having me on, and I'll look forward to hearing the rest of the show today. Okay, cool. All right, All right. Thank you, Allison. Bye-bye. See ya. All right, well, Allison's going off to play some league pool, I think, so uh, it's just you and me making out now there, Mark. No, don't say it like this. Please, stop. <laughs> so, so here's, here's the thing. Here's one of the uh, technical flaws that, uh, again, that knowing what we know. Here's one. We got it touted, the list touted as the five best players in New York. And this is not just me saying this. This is it's being you oh, know, sure. all over oh, yeah. the forums, the internet, and everything else. Right. Right, right. These are the five best players. We know these are not the five best players right. in New York. Exactly. And, and you can't even, even from New York. I don't, I don't know if he was in Maine uh, or Boston, but... Right, uh, absolutely. Not, he's not in New York. But, and, and I, I know we've kind of had this conversation a little bit, Dave. It's about building the story. Exactly. That's what it's about. And building the characters, because... As we go back to swamp people where they go and catch the alligators, and you've got that guy. I love the guy. His name's Troy Landry. Yeah. And he's, he, he always says, Chudum, Chudum a little bit. Chudum a little bit. <laughs> I love that guy. He's, he's awesome. He's there with five other alligator hunters, whatever you call them. And these guys are famous for now they're the best alligator hunters, in my opinion. Sure. But they're all out there. Right. But we don't know squat about alligator hunting. Right. There might be a hundred other people who are better at alligator hunting than Troy Landry. Right. Right. But, and, and they're all looking on their alligator hunting forums, uh, you know, alligatorforums.com, and saying, Troy Landry? He's yeah. famous? Yeah. Well, honey, he can't catch a he can't catch a cold. Yeah. There's how, no way. Yeah. How is he on TV? How, exactly. Exactly. How exactly. is he on that? Yeah. And so, but he's a character, and I like him. And he gets appearances all over the country at Bass Pro Shops and stuff. Absolutely. So, you know, and that is, and so when we sit around on the forums, or people sit around on forums and and say, these aren't the top five in New York. This is just we know. Right. They're not top five in New York. Right. But is it entertaining? Would, would it be entertaining with Mika Eman and Thorsten Coleman? Right. They're conservative European type fellas and probably wouldn't be as bouncy and entertaining for the general public. Right. And there lies the point right there. They had to start somewhere. And now, and I'm not saying this in defense of the production company or the network, I'm saying this because it's common sense. If you're going to take some characters and put them on a show, you've got to take some people that that you know can dress decent, that shower every week, that have all their teeth, you know what I mean, that don't smoke and drink while they're playing. You've got to have some you know some presentable characters that are interesting, et cetera, et cetera, and can still play. So it's not like they could just go and pick literally the top five players. They had to to bring some kind of context, some kind of premise to it. So I understand everybody's beef with that. And they might have been able to um, present that in a different way. Maybe they could have said, you know, here's five, here is tie up tie up five good players from New York. Or here's the five contenders at this particular hall or what have you. I understand what what people say or what their problem is when they say, well, this is not the five best in New York. I get that. But you've got to start with some characters somewhere. And they have to fit, if you're building a story, 
they've got to have a place in that story. You know what I mean? You've got to have the underdog. You've got to have the hero. You've got to have the comeback kid. You have to have the villain. You know, so again, I'm not, you know, trying to put the production company up on a pedestal. But when you look at the big picture, what it takes to put together a good presentation like this, these are things that have to be considered. You can't just go out and say, I want the top top five people in New York. New York. Number one, they might not even be available. They might ask you for too much money. They might be a jerk or they might be you know, on vacation half the time or they might be playing an actual professional tournament somewhere where they weren't available for the filming. So there are some things that have to be considered. And I'm not saying this to scold anybody, but, you know, like I said, if you're going to put a good production together, these are things that you have to deal with. You know, if you wanted to make a movie about football, you couldn't go out and just grab the top five football players. Or in the case of Swamp People, maybe the top five alligator hunters didn't want to be on the show. Maybe they didn't want their face seen. Maybe they weren't available. Maybe they were just jerks. Who knows? But to follow up on your example of swamp people, since we don't hunt alligators for a living, we wouldn't know any of that. And right. it, I, love, I love that show. I, I love that show. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And you know, we, you and I were talking about this earlier. If you watch that show or any any reality type programming, if you were involved in the group of people that do whatever that thing is actively you will find faults with it. If I have been watching Swamp People, because I think it's hilarious and I think it's cool that they're catching these giant lizards, but if you ever ever watched it, you'll notice the camera angles. How, you know, they'll show a shot from inside the boat of these guys cruising down the bayou and then they'll immediately show from the side a shot of these guys cruising down the bayou. Well, how's that possible? Or when they show... A shot of them pulling up to the bank. And then there's a shot of them approaching the bank. And the camera's looking at them from the bank. Do you think that they went and had a cameraman jump out of the boat and run over to the bank. And get out and film them approaching. No. There's some technicalities of the filming that have to be done. To to draw you in. To make it realistic. And to make it interesting. So... There is going to be issues with pool playing where they're going to edit shots. It's not that they edited somebody. It's not that the shot was fake per se. But what if they didn't have a good camera angle on that shot? So they might have you go back and, and hold the cue in your hand and say, shoot a ball. We just, want to, we just want to take a shot of you shooting the ball and add that in. So there's these things that they do to make the show flow that will to the to the keen eye like us who play that won't be congruent. We'll look at it and go, wait, that wait, wait, stop. That wasn't right. There was weird balls on the table and stuff. But to the average Joe just watching it as a show flow, they're not gonna notice that kind of stuff. So I'm just asking well, I mean, I, just to just Yeah, kind of, please do. But, and, then, and then leave it uh, maybe uh I'll I'll leave this uh issue alone. But because it's going back to the swamp people, is while well, we're saying, oh, the one looked like he was still on the table when she shot the two, or the balls were right. a different thing. Right. Those alligator and hunter fishing artists are watching swamp people going, how is that possible? Because his line was still on the side of the boat over here. Right. And his gun was lent against the side of his seat, which you'd never do. Everybody knows that. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so they're probably sitting and picking out all the technicals on, on those as well. Have, so, exactly. You know, and that could be with anything. The pawn shop people exactly. probably watch the pawn stars. Exactly. And, and you know, pick out, oh, well, you know, you'd never do that deal kind of thing. Right. Uh, you'd never talk to a customer like that, whatever it might be. So, right. um, have you ever noticed on Swamp know, People? It is what it is. He's, he's working out pretty good for him so far and if it keeps continuing, it's going to be good for him. I'm sorry, I'm because I love I, I love that show. I'm sorry, I'm from the south, so I love this whole alligator hunter thing. You ever watched on Swamp People how um, RJ and Paul they'll be in that airboat humming down a river or through a swamp or something, 
And uh, who who's the older one? Is Paul the older one or is RJ the older one? I think Paul's the older one, isn't it? Okay, so the kid is RJ. Is that right? Is that right? I forget. I think so. I, I forget. Well, whatever the case, the younger kid, the son of the of the combo, they'll be cruising through the swamp in an airboat, and this kid will be up there with rifle in hand, cruising down the bayou at you know thirty miles per hour, wind in his hair, and he's holding the rifle in his hand. I keep seeing that, and they do it all the time. And I keep seeing that scene thinking, like, why in the hell would you be cruising down the bayou with a rifle in your hand? You don't need it until you're uh, pulling a gator out out of the water, you know? But he does it like a pose, you know? Like, look at me, I'm cruising down the swamp and I'm a badass. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll give you your answer. I mean, when I was back in in the day, when I was a professional alligator wrestler and capturer. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's, that's... I mean that's how we used to have to do it yeah. in the first place to get. Yeah. Uh, but we just tag them. We just get them with a, like a stun gun kind of thing, mm-hmm. and, and and shoot them, and then just tag it in, and then we keep them and keep them around the house a little bit. But <laughs> that's back when in the day when that was my real job. Right. So, anyway. Right. When, for that. So you would carry you know two pistols on each hip whenever and and spurs that jingle jangle jingle just for just for effect you know. <laughs> I, I had a rocket launcher <laughs> as well. Well, see, here the proverbial equivalent though would be showing a scene with a pool player walking down the street to the pool hall with a cue in his hand. You know, that's the right. equivalent. Like, why would you be walking down the road with a cue in your hand when you weren't even in the pool hall? Why is the guy cruising down the the river in an airboat? With a rifle in his hand. He, he doesn't need it at that moment. But they do these little subtleties for effect. And it's just like the music where they throw in the rock and roll jam whenever the scene gets tight. There's going to be technical flow things that they do to the show that make it just go. They don't want to show people yapping all the time, so they show them shooting balls all the time. They miss a shot. I, I think these guys... I think these guys with the uh, hustlers have done a I, I don't know if they're pool players or who they've got advising them technically but I think they've done a pretty good job of what they've done my Jessica uh, who is not a, a pool aficionado but she knows enough you know she's, she, she, you know she knows some stuff sure um she sat watching. She said, "I really like the camera angles. I like the way they're doing this." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I was sat there going, "Oh, that's nobody would ever do that." She's going, "No, look at the camera angles." So she was the impartial non-pool player, yes, on non-pool aficionado, and she was liking it. Right. So, um, you know, that, that tells you something. That's good. It's good that we, I, I had the the balance here at home that says. I I don't know what I'm talking about necessarily, but I like the way this is going. Right, exactly. Well, and again, I I agree with you. I think that now, don't get me wrong. For you, for you aficionados out there that hated the show, that are mad at me and mad at Mark right now. Listen, I get it, man. This is not like watching a tournament where you're gonna watch every single shot. And every single shot's critical to the match, and every word you know you're you're going to be quiet when the other player's playing. This has to be presented in a way with some entertainment value to it, and this is the trade-off. You know, there's going to be some editing issues where, oh my gosh, you know, we didn't show all the balls in the right order being shot, or maybe there's a retake on us. You know, stand up there with your cue and act like you're shooting something because they just want to get the scene, but. That's not to say that this is being laid out fake. It, It's just not. There may be some guys who on camera will over-exaggerate or cheese it up. Absolutely. Is there going to be some editing issues where you know things don't flow? Absolutely true. But by and large, I think you look at some of these other reality programs, man, they did a pretty decent job with this. I, I'm not going to knock it. So, right. Well, I'm, I'm happy for all of them. Everybody who's involved. 
sure. good fight's going well. I'm just, ha- I'm just happy for everybody that's involved, and he's, uh, sure. he's turned out better than expected. And I'm, uh, I think uh, to avoid us rambling on about it, we should probably leave it at that. Um, yeah. But there are some other, I mean, for the last, I'm, I'm going to say two to three years, I've spoke to a number of different people who have contacted me for one thing or another, not to be on a show, but just because I know some people and can help. Right. Um, but there's been a number of reality shows that have been in the works. Right. And, and in, the works, in the works by people who know what they're doing, too. Sure. You know, some of them you know, don't really have a lot of experience uh, in what they're doing, uh, but but be giving it a shot. Um, and so I guess this, this is the first one this year, the hustle, this is the first one that came to fruition. Right. And now there's also the Dennis Hatch and Earl Strickland. This, I, I, from what we're being told has been sold, 17 episodes has been sold. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If that, I don't think they've even shot the thing yet, so I don't know how it's being sold. Right. But, I, you know, that's, uh, I'm not going to call anybody a liar. That's, if it's been sold, it's been sold. I'll just leave it at that. Then there's also the one that's being filmed this weekend in Atlanta. Right, exactly. Uh, we're going to be talking to him. Thing altogether. Yes, we're going to be talking to him later in the show, Mr. JP at, at Kelser Entertainment. Yes. There has been several in the works. I want to say many in the works. And this is the only one so far that's actually run the gauntlet and got the, and got us on TV. So I want to tell you, based on that alone, that will tell you, A, the quality of the shows that have preceded it, the fact that this one got on and the others didn't, that tells you something right there. The fact that they were willing to, to risk it, so to speak, to, to air this, tells you that the other ones may not have been so great. It's not... I'm not sure how many of the other ones got, actually got the pilot or uh, anything filmed. Oh, I think I, there I, was I, some... I'm not sure how many got, got to that point. Right. Whether it be financial. I know there was one company... They were trying to get money, really a Kickstarter thing. Yep. You know, the get it done that way. But unless you have a pilot, I don't know how you go about getting it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been taking it to, to somebody to say, what do you think? Can we do this? Uh, but that's where I think the, the difference is these guys actually went through to maybe put their own money into it as opposed to trying to find the money or and that kind of thing, trying to get it done. So... Uh, but this new one, this one in Atlanta, is not about uh, like the hustlers with the uh, top players in New York kind of thing. It's, it's regular players, right? Right. I can gather regular yes. players who want to play the tournament. It is. It's about the. It's about, and I don't want to say average Joe, but it's it's about the people that play pool. It's about just the regular people that go out and play pool in their local bars and and halls, and. Um, the characters that you run into and in, at the pool hall or at the bar that play pool, and they're gonna you know do it up. I don't want to give too much away, but you know, it, there's all kinds of ways to approach it. So, you know, this might be one of those good moments to reflect. You know, think about what if you were in charge, if you had the means and the mode to get a show on, about pool on TV. Think about what you would produce and why it would be good or bad. And and I'm going to tell you this, just while you're thinking about your answer, Mark, and everybody else out there, if you think for a second that filming a pool match between two people that nobody has ever heard, we might have heard of them, but the rest of the country, if not the world, has never heard of some of these professionals. So you think, well, I'd get top-level players in there and we'd be getting it all. Yeah, but guess what? Daryl, Daryl, uh, Darren Appleton or Mike DeShane or Shane Van Boning or, you know, Skylar Woodward, they don't know who that is, first of all. 
So you're going to have to spend the time and money to introduce that character and develop the character before the general public's even going to care at all about whether they're winning a pool game. And then you have to be concerned about what pool games do the general public understand? How much time are you going to have to spend explaining that to the general public? And the rules? And what game are we playing? And what does this lead to? So it's not quite as easy of a task to present something like that as it might appear. Right, I, I agree. I, I, there's, there's a lot more to it. It is the character building, whether it's a top-level professional or uh, somebody who nobody knows. Right. Uh, I, I, to, I, I've been thinking about this for many years, uh, about a, a reality show. And it, just, it comes quite simple. It's, it's a, it was two things. It's a financial thing that you, you had to get uh, so now, and then the know-how mm-hmm. on how to approach a network to put a pilot together, having somebody who's you know just people. You, my, I'll tell you what my when I was doing the Legends and Champions pool tours with Earl Strickland and Johnny Archer, the Johnny you you might not realize is is quite a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, you know, most people just see him with that stern look in his face, looking at a pool table and thinking, "Why not?" Right. But he's, he's quite a, a character, and we know Earl is a character too. And the conversations that could have been recorded, and the different situations <laughs> that we came across traveling around the country, right, right, uh, would have not only appealed to the pool community. Uh, because they get to see, I have an inside look as to this is how Earl actually acts when he's not on a pool table. Yeah. Which might surprise some people. And and this is how Johnny acts, which would surprise some people. Yeah. From getting up in the morning, trying to get those guys on time, getting to the pool room, traveling 800 miles to the next stop that we're going to. And again, the conversations. But that's the premise of a show. Now... In order to do it, you've got to have now two minivans traveling around because you have one for the crew and the equipment and everything else mm-hmm. to travel around with you. Yeah. The filming guy and the audio guy and the editing guy, they don't work for free and they want their money now. They don't want it on a, well, if it does well, we'll do this. Oh, yeah. If they're good at what they do, they want their money and they want it now yeah. in order to do it. Absolutely. And so that made it impossible, basically, for, for me to to follow through on, on doing something like that. And so to kind of go back to what you were originally saying, there is a lot more to it, and it's not just being able to come up with a, a plot or a plan or a character-building mm-hmm. uh, thing, because what my idea was, the characters are already there, just had to exactly, exactly. be loose. But right. And it can't just be about the game put either. the money up. Right. Somebody's willing to do the job that actually needs to be done to make it happen. And then somebody who, not only the filming, editing, audio, somebody who knows how to go and talk to a studio. Sure. Or a network to get it on the app. Exactly, exactly. So. Yeah, no, it's not easy. And and like I said, you know, if you think that the general public, it's not going to do anybody any good to, to put a straight-up, aficionado show on the air there's not enough there's not even enough people there's not enough players out there that would pick up on it that could even support it they need a broader audience for it to be supported to to get the advertising and get the viewership and everything else that it has to be done and it's always been that way even back in minnesota fats day they had him doing, you know, celebrity billiards where he would take somebody famous and get them wrapped up in a pool game because they knew that they had the fans behind this particular star. They had to get the numbers. They get they had to get the viewership to do it. And that's the only way that they're going to be able to pull this off is that they get viewership. They get support. And the pool players alone will not are not capable of supporting a show by, like this by itself. So... You know, for lack of a better term, it had to be done an entertaining, 
sort of, and I'm, excuse me for saying this, dumbed down because I don't think it's dumb, but you have to simplify it for the people that don't spend every day in a pool hall and they don't know who these people are yet. So, you know, eh, it is what it is. So, you know, I don't think it's the best thing since sliced bread, but it's certainly not going to do our industry or our games any harm per se. So I think we should probably try to support it as best as we can. Even if you don't like the dang show, you know, don't tell people not to watch it. You know, that's not very nice. <laughs> because if it was you, yeah. you know, you you know, don't be that way. But anyway, um, we've spent enough time putting these guys to sleep. What we're going to do now is we're going to move on and we're going to talk to uh, Mr. JP, the senior producer for uh, Kelser Entertainment out in Atlanta. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about uh, the reality program that they're working on. So uh, we'll be right back after this, ladies and gentlemen. All right, everybody. I'm. Uh, I've got uh, JP on the line. He's the uh, senior producer for this uh, upcoming uh, pilot series. That, well, the pilot that they're producing this weekend for the Ultimate Pool Sharks. How you doing, JP? I'm just fine. We're getting ready to uh, have folks come to town this weekend and have a blast. Awesome. So um, let's see if I can get this right. You guys are going to hold this. Uh, Big tournament. It's a 128-man tournament. You got uh, $3,000. Is that the jackpot there? $3,000 uh, cash uh, jackpot prize All right. for the tournament. Right. Okay, so they're having the tournament over at the North Atlanta Trade Center. And it's Norcross. Is that right? It's in Norcross, Georgia. You're right. It's the North Atlanta Trade Center. Uh, it's in Norcross, Georgia, which is uh, about 10 miles north of downtown Atlanta. And uh, so we're kicking off um, tomorrow. Uh, Friday, uh, the players will start to come in town and uh, check in at the North Atlanta Trade Center, uh, shoot a little pool, and then we'll have a, a quick uh, orientation session tomorrow night. And then a little social hour following that with music and uh, some beverages and food and more pool shooting, just playing and having fun. And then uh, first thing Saturday morning at uh, 9 o'clock, you know, the bell rings and we're off to playing pool. Okay. That sounds like a blast. Now, just so that everybody knows, the public is invited to come and watch this. Is that right? Absolutely. We encourage uh, folks to come out and uh, see who's going to be the uh, next uh, ultimate pool shark and, and possibly a reality TV star. Excellent. Because out of the 128 folks that we have uh, coming up, actually we have 135 uh, signed up. Uh, we did have a couple of cancellations because folks come from around the country. They're coming from Chicago. Yeah. They're coming from South Dakota. They come from Louisiana. And uh, folks are really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, because this program, unlike a lot of the other uh, pool shark programs that are trying this, it's not about one or two people that are, quote, hustlers. This is about everyday, regular pool players. Yeah. And uh, it's it's kind of a spinoff, of, well, not a spinoff, but it's kind of like a, the other competition TV shows, because after season one, uh, the winner moves on to season two, and then we hold this audition all over again. And uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that folks uh, sitting at home watching this every week on their TV show got to say, you know what, I'm going to be the next Ultimate Pool Shark because <laughs> yeah. I can outplay that guy or that gal that's playing right now. I can outplay either one or him. Yeah. So that's the excitement that's going to drive this show. Yeah, that's true. That's true because it involves everybody. You know, like you said, even the, absolutely just the regular guys that that. Which is, that's the majority of the players in America are just, you know, your average guys that go out and play at their local hall or their local bar. You know, there's a lot absolutely, lot more of those than there are of the professionals, that's for sure. No. Well, and, and exactly, and that, that's the message that we want to get across. That's, that's our core thing. Listen, pool is just like tennis and golf and bowling and all of those. As a matter of fact, you probably got more pool players than you have folks playing tennis and golf. Yeah. And uh, because you got folks to play in the leagues around the country, and then you got your everyday person that gets off from work or 
stops in on Saturday afternoon and shoot a game of pool with his buddies or socialize and just meet folks there. And you got folks that are teaching the kids to play. So what we want to do with this show is elevate it beyond, you know, some of the slightly negative image that pool has in some circles that it's about hustling and it's about this and the craziness. And what folks know that this is a sport and it's a family sport and families enjoy this. So the program is going to be family friendly. It's going to be funny because it is reality TV. So you will have some real characters. That, but they are seriously competing to win uh, the jackpot prizes, uh, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, once it gets on TV. But Excellent. it's going to be family-friendly, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It sounds like it would be there. I, I'd like to come see it. I wish I was a little closer. I'd come down there and watch all the action. It We'd love like, to have you. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a blast, that's for sure. Now, uh, what do you think, um, if, uh, if, the, if the pilot takes off, what, what's your plans after that? What is this going to lead up to? Okay, so what we're doing, let me kind of back up a second. Sure. So out of the uh, 135 people that are, uh, that are signed up and the 128 that are actually coming, um, we will pick eight people, different personalities. You don't have to be, everybody doesn't be loud and crazy and wild. We, we're telling folks to be yourself. We're looking for the tactician. We're looking for the smart guy. We're looking for the loud mouth. And we're looking for the real cool dude and all those kind of different characters. Yeah. We're going to pick eight people. And once um, the, the pilot is shot, edited, submitted to the network, network picks it up and says, yes, we love this. Come back and do the, uh, do the rest of the season and get it to us. Then uh, we will bring those eight people back to Atlanta, and uh, they will be here for uh, probably two, maybe three weeks. And we will um, shoot 13 shows um, of pool with all the way through to the uh, winter of the uh, of my Pool Sharks uh, tournament, gotcha. which will be featured. So we have a 13-week program featuring those eight participants. And, of course, as folks get eliminated, it gets down to the last two, and then one of those two folks will win wherever that ultimate jackpot prize is at that point. Gotcha. But in addition to them just coming and shooting, to add the, 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 the real life story behind it, we are anticipating going to their hometowns, sending the video crew to their hometowns, wherever they may live, and meeting their families, meeting their friends, go right. to their local pool hall that they actually shoot out of, meet the folks there, so that uh, we can build these folks' profiles so that the folks that are watching them would either love them or really want them to lose real quickly and real fast. Exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> and so, and with the different personalities, uh, we got a, we got a, we set what we call a smack talk camera. Because, you know, you can't talk smack at the, at, at the table because you disturb <laughs> the other player. But we all know that smack talking does take place in the pool hall. Uh, so we're going to have a smack talk camera set up kind of off to the side so that, uh, you know, the players, if they miss a shot or something, they can walk over to the camera and come, oh, man, I missed that shot, but that's okay because when JP misses the next shot, I'm going to run the table. Oh, whatever, a little smack talk really want to do or blow something off the chest. I wish he would shoot fast. He takes too long to shoot. Yeah. So that yeah. kind of a little smack talk, funny stuff to, to make it lively yeah. and keep it. You know, this this is not going to be an average, everyday uh, pool tournament kind of show. Yeah, no, it sounds fun. It really does. It sounds like, well, and you know, and it sounds more real than some of the other stuff that's out there on the television right now. That they They try to make it out to be more than what it is. And this is, you know, exactly. sounds like this is just the real deal as far as regular players, like we said, you know, just regular are, guys. Absolutely. That's the whole key to it. it. It's about real people. Yeah. And uh, it's not, you don't sit here and memorize a script. You don't sit up and uh, we set up scenes. We don't say, okay, well, you missed that shot, so let's shoot that over again so you can hit the shot. None of that. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And whomever you get uh, name drawn against the plate, that's who you play. If you get uh, somebody that's a bad pool player like I am uh, <laughs> and uh, you're a pro, man, I just get run off the table real quick probably. You know. <laughs> so that's the fun part. That's the fun part. Yeah, well, that that would be like me getting run off the table too. <laughs> you and me could compete for the for the for the booby prize there because uh, we wouldn't yeah, be getting, exactly. we wouldn't be getting the top prize. But that's okay though. That sounds yeah. like fun. Yeah. Well, all right. So um, if uh, the guys wanted to come out to watch, what time does the action? What you said, nine o'clock Saturday morning? 
door, the door is open at 9 a.m. Saturday morning for the general public. Okay. And um, they can stay in all day or, you know, whatever. We'll be here shooting. We're hoping that um, our plan is to finish with the tournament and uh, declare someone the winner, hopefully by 8 o'clock at night. Hmm. And then following that, there will be a social uh, hour with music, and uh, folks, and then anybody can shoot on the pool tables uh, oh, and just enjoy the evening up until about um, ten thirty, and then um, that's the end of the tournament. And then Sunday morning, with the eight people that we selected and the video crew, we will come in at uh, nine o'clock and uh, go through and start recording the video portion. Actually, we're going to do a quick rehearsal because I know a lot of these folks haven't shot in front of camera. We want them to get comfortable yeah and also just understand the smack talking part and what they can and can't say keep your, so we'll do a little bit of rehearsal with them and also just for us the video crew guys to get the camera shots down mm-hmm. and so we'll know what we're doing and then we'll take a break for lunch um then we'll come back at two o'clock and actually shoot the television show and we have we will have a live audience and that and that will consist of folks that uh first choice would be the players that want to stay and watch mm-hmm because there's limited seating for the audience. And then um, there were, uh, then the general public. Um, and so we'll have a sign-up sheet for folks that want to um, stay and watch uh, the actual video recording. Okay. We'll do that Sunday afternoon, and then around 5 o'clock we'll call it a wrap and uh, slap each other on the back and say, what a great weekend. Yeah, yeah. And let, let me ask you a couple of technical questions. Uh, how many tables do you guys are, are you going to have set up for the event? Uh, actually, they're setting them up right now as we speak, and um, we have um, um, diamond tables. They're, they brought them in uh, this morning. We have 20 tables, and we're shooting for the tournament. We're shooting on seven-foot uh, bar tables, okay. diamond seven-footers. Okay. Uh, beautiful tables. Right. Um, and then for the uh, TV show, we're doing a nine-footer. Oh, okay. And uh, so, yeah. So we're all setting ready to rock and, and roll. And here. you guys are we're getting set. You're playing nine ball. Is that the game of choice here? Nine ball. Okay. We are playing nine ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you don't mind telling me um, about how many cameras are we going to have involved in the shooting process? I'm I don't know much about we television have, production, yeah, so you know. We, we, we have we, we there are six cameras. There is a, a remote camera that hangs directly over the top of the pool table, so you can get that um, straight down shot. Sure. We have uh, two cameras on tripods at each end of the table, the long ends of the table. Mm-hmm. We have a handheld that will be floating around shooting the different shots and close up of, of the uh, players' faces and following them and things like that. Right. We have a smack talk camera. Yeah. Uh, we have a camera on a jib, uh, which will you know, get pulled back and get those moving aerial shots and zoom in and overall shots and things like that. Cool. And then we have a GoPro camera uh, that we will place on the end of a boom um, that we will just stick in and get the shots as the ball is rolling toward the pocket. And so it's kind of right at you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and then step back out. So we have six cameras uh, that we're going to record all this action on. Awesome, awesome! That sounds. And we like have, and we have, you know, the whole control room we're setting up with the video switcher and mm-hmm. and everything. And then all the cameras, in addition to being recorded uh, uh, in the control room, will also be ISO so that um, we'll have backups for sure. post production on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Awesome, awesome. Are the um, are the players? When you do the the, the filming of the uh, of the pilot on Sunday, are you going to have microphones on the actual players, or are you just going to no, just well, mic we'll do in the that. room? We had considered that, but then we thought that would be too much of a hindrance, and yeah. your shirt rubbing against my. So what we'll do, uh, we're going to have a microphone, of course, on the Slack Talk camera. Yeah. Uh, when they step over, they just walk up to the camera and start talking, and then there will be a, a microphone placed uh, directly over the top of the table, so we can hear the ambient sound and the balls popping sure. and so forth. Yeah. Now, once we get into post-production, you know, we have two hosts. We have uh, Okinawa Slim, who's a world-class and well-known uh, trick shot, former trick shot champion. And we have Kelly Q, who's one of our local champions around uh, down here in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. And they are our hosts. Now, once we get uh, all the footage in the cam, then we go back to our studio and uh, we review the footage. And then uh, we will set up a set in the uh, studio with Kelly Q and Okinawa Slim. And it's kind of like the uh, sports casting shows, you know, where the guys are sitting there sure. and they're talking and analyzing the show. Right. So 
Kelly and uh, Slim will be analyzing the show throughout. You know, they're right. saying, you know, doing the narrative. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So that that's their job is to you know, talk about uh, what's going on on the table cool. and to keep it lively. And then of course, cut between them and uh, the smack talk. And then we'll have the players. You know, first if they lose, they say, "Well, you know what? I lost that game, but I'll be back. I'm coming back or whatever." So we do that kind of work. <laughs> uh, you know, real person thing with them also. Yeah, it really sounds like a pretty cool production, man. I, 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 I wish you guys the best. I really do because uh, it's um, it's down to earth. It sounds realistic, you know. And uh, we certainly, you know, more pool on TV is not a bad thing. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> yeah. It sounds yeah. like you got a great concept going. Well, I'm going to get out of your hair. I know that you guys got a lot to do to get ready for this, so I appreciate you taking the time, JP. Thanks a lot. Well, we appreciate you uh, calling us and giving us the opportunity to uh, let the world know what we're getting ready to do down here uh, in Atlanta. All right. All right. Well, you guys get to it. Take care. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.